Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Do we have tape of the uh, of the post game show from uh, after Marshall? Because that's uh, that's pretty much how I feel right now. Yeah, you can just push <laughs> that and go and go replay. Yeah, just <laughs> that was that was pathetic. Jeez, uh, oh, wow. uh, that that may have been worse than the Marshall game. Even I'm I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, this is disgusting. I mean, yeah. the first seven drives. Nothing. Oh, it's the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System here on Sunny 101.5 and uh, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jimmy Rosari. Reggie Brooks uh, also with me tonight. Um, Stanford beating Notre Dame 16-14. Um, where to start with this? Um Huh, let's see. Uh, if you if you missed the first half, if you didn't tune into the first half, uh, you really didn't, you didn't miss, miss anything, anything good. You <laughs> didn't miss anything good anyway. Um, yeah, like just wow. Yeah, that's bad with a capital B. Um, I, I I just I don't get it. I, I do not get it. I mean. You know, maybe it's a hangover from last week, but, you know, poor tackling, you know, guys not sustaining blocks, um, just this was a regression. This team yeah. regressed, um, and, you know, that's unacceptable. You you, you you can't, after, you know, playing – Playing a hard fought game, doing well, and then you you regress. That's just that's unacceptable. Plain and simple. Yeah, I I, I can't agree more. Quite honestly, um, yeah that that looked like that. I'm not even sure that was the same team as last week. You know, like that's that's no. how different it, it just was. Uh, just the whole vibe of this team of the team really. Uh, you know, last week they came out, you know, high energy and, and, you know, they came out, played their best ball. And this week, just throwing up th- that. So it's, it's, they looked as flat as you could possibly look for a team coming off um, a really strong win, actually, two strong wins back to back. And mm-hmm. you would think you'd have some momentum. I, I mean, yeah. this is, it's, you know, what I don't, I, I just didn't recognize 
this team, especially, you know, offensively. I mean, they look lackluster and just like they didn't want to be there. Yeah. It, uh, like, you know, last week you had, you had Notre Dame getting that big win over BYU out in Vegas. And you had Stanford against Oregon State losing the final 13 seconds. You know, like, they should have been the ones coming in here just completely deflated. And Notre Dame, you know, sh- still should have been riding that high and uh, just complete role reversal, quite honestly. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll start diving into this game coming up in just a few. Uh, we'll break down the stats, break down uh, some key moments of the game. Uh, we'll get Marcus Freeman's post-game press conference, player press conferences if uh, if if time warrants, and uh, everything that uh, that you're going to need here for uh, for breaking down this game, a uh, a doozy, and not in a good way. Stanford 16, Notre Dame 14. This is the official Notre Dame football post-game show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, this portion brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Um, so, I'm just going to say it. They couldn't. They couldn't get a third down to save their life, or really any short yardage down to save their life. And they couldn't stop Stanford from picking up short yardage plays when they needed them the most, just flat out. Uh, that that definitely is is one of the things that stuck out to me tonight. Well, and also just the the you know, poor tackling, and this was this yeah. was classic Stanford. You know, ball control, mm-hmm. control the line of scrimmage. You know, be methodical. I mean, Notre Dame's offense. What six? No, eighty, roughly eighty-six yards and zero points in the first, the first half. Yeah, I mean that first half was brutal. I'm like, what? A, wow! I'm like, who, who, what? Who am I watching? I, I didn't, under, I did not, I did clearly did not see the same team I saw last week. Yeah. And, I mean, we we you're struggling sustaining blocks, um, you know, and the the passing game, you know, and and, and this is something again that's going to continue to be an issue if, if don't start finding other receivers sooner, mm-hmm. because early on all all Drew was looking for was was Michael Mayer, and rightfully so, but there has got to be more. Things going on with this offense than, than you know, throw the eighty-seven left, or throw the eighty-seven right, throw the eighty-seven down the middle. He 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 is a top-notch. Now I've said it. He's to me, he's the best tight end in the country. But you cannot rest everything on him. It's just not fair, and it just you, you're not going to have the success that you want doing that. Yeah, like. Everybody knows that Michael Mayer is really good. 
Everybody knows that he's going to be a you know probably first round draft pick. Everybody knows he's going to be playing on Sunday here very shortly. Um, in fact, we may not be seeing him much in a Notre Dame uniform if he decides to opt out the rest of the season. And who could blame him at this point? Um, five uh, five catches, sixty yards. Uh, his longest was twenty one yards. But you're right. Like it's like it's like he's only got it's like Drew's only got eyes for Michael Mayer, and you got to get. You got to get Styles going. You got to get Braden Lindsey going. We finally saw Tobias Merriweather for the first time this year uh, with that forty-one yard mm-hmm. touchdown catch. Um, Good. I mean, you, you could have put him on on a milk carton for crying out loud. Um, you know, Jaden Thomas. You know, these guys got to got to start getting passes sooner. And and that's the thing is, uh, you know, just I got to see more from. You know, again, and I don't know if it's the play calling, if it's geared towards Michael Mayer, but he's got to do more with the ball than just go to 87. That's just mm-hmm. – um, Stanford, you know, they said, you know, during telecast, um, David Shaw, he said, hey, we, we got to stop 87. We got to stop mm-hmm. Michael Mayer. Yeah. And they, you know, they bracketed him. They did a great job of, like I said, high-lowing him and, and creating difficult – um, creating difficulty for him to get open. And so if if there's a lot of emphasis placed on him, there's got to be someone else open, someone else that can make a play, but it's going to require you to kind of look beyond just what one guy. Yeah, And that, that whole first, first half was just abysmal. I mean, you know, they didn't move the ball – at all, it was just just you know yeah. the longest drive was twenty twenty seven yards. Yeah, and you're not, you're not going to win football games not moving the ball and not putting points on the board. You know, and the defense, you know, they settled in, but sixteen fourteen. If you'd have told me Stafford was going to only score sixteen points. I'd say, hey, we won this game. Right. Because I really thought our offense had made the strides over the last two weeks. Right. To establish themselves as a, you know, not a top-notch offense, but a, an efficient and effective offense. And right. Right. we flat-out regressed. That was, yeah. a, that was a complete regression, uh, and it didn't get a whole lot better in the second half. <laughs> no. It 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 really. I mean, there were there were some signs of light. I mean, they at least it at least like looked that. Well, you know what? Starting starting the, the second the half even starting the second half even was was they were they were still kind of asleep. It's almost as if yeah, like they out. had like somebody had to get after him on the sideline. You know, after halftime to to finally wake up. Um, Time of possession uh, between the two halves. Stanford winning the first half, obviously, seventeen thirty-one to twelve twenty-nine. Uh, in the second half, eighteen twenty-nine to eleven twenty-four for Notre Dame. Um, I mean, Stanford's defense was not scared. Completely up to the task. Uh, for the most part, stopped Michael Mayer. I mean, you know, he, he, he's going to get his touches. He's going to get those big plays just because of how good he is. But for the most, like, I mean, he 
you know, he was a ghost in the first half. I mean, and you, you, you know, you look at the game and you, you, you got to find, I would, would say again, misdirection was their friend, uh, you know, in the second half, they started to do some, uh, I do like again some of the, some of the play calls to kind of get the ball in hand. Well, a lot of drop balls, a lot of missed opportunities yeah. in this game um, that really, you know, was a albatross around the neck. I mean, just, you, you know, they had those key drops or key misfires at the most inopportune times of mm-hmm. the game that just continued to put them behind, you know, and they just, it just was never caught up, you know, three for 12 on third down. I mean, yeah, that's 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 pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I mean, and again, I you know we talked about the post game show. I, if you'd have told me, you know, Stanford coming there, think, hey, yeah. we're gonna be able to run the ball. I will say they did do a lot more, like I said, uh, kind of the stunting and and, and uh, blitzing off the edge, you know, because we had several lost yardage plays where you know they had you know whether it was a corner safety nickel. You know, blitzing off the edge, they were there to stop stop the run and stop mm-hmm. Michael Mayer. Yep. And in doing those two things, apparently that's how you stop Notre Dame's offense. Yeah. Well, I'm done with that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's still more to talk about. You know, I mean, we're just getting into the offense, but uh, you know, there, there's there's plenty to talk about as far as the defense goes too, and uh, we will get to that coming up on the official Notre Dame football post game show. The official Notre Dame football post game show continues. I'm Jimmy Rosari. With Reggie Brook, uh, with uh, Reggie Brooks on uh, Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT, uh, I'm looking at my notes uh, from the game, and uh, once I get through all of uh, all of the four-letter words that I wrote down, uh, I see secondary needs to improve on slants and crossing patterns. Secondary tackling has to get better. Uh, and and that just repeats itself because you know I'm I'm taking notes and separating them out by quarter, and it, that's just it was just a repeating theme of the night. It, it like it got to the fourth quarter, and I think I even copy and pasted it uh, for the fourth quarter. So uh, like just like how you know how did like what what does Notre Dame have to do to just wake up after this game. Uh, that's on the team. I mean, you know, again, and I, I you know, coaches have to take the um, obligatory blame, but the players have got to look at themselves and see, you know, you know, what type of team do we want to be? I mean, you you just hit it on the head from a defensive standpoint. Um, not, not, tackling not very good. And you know it looked lazy. The almost. short, yeah, the, the short routes. And like I said, you come up and you know they, you drive on the ball. The ball's thrown. Drive on the ball. Come up, make a tackle. Our guys are just—they look like they're just flailing around. I'm like, it's—it's it's not. You know, maybe it is that hard. I don't know. 
I just remember, like I said, tackling someone, mm-hmm. especially a, a you know sh- you know short slant. You drive the upfield shoulder, hit, wrap up, take them to the ground. Yep. I mean, guys are just reaching out and trying to grab sp- somebody. It's like ta- you don't tackle people reaching. You're not going to do well doing right. that, right? And you I- know, looking at Stanford, it's like they were. As basic as it comes, and you know, you talk about the the, the struggles they've had. Wow, they looked. We made them look a lot better than what they are, and mm-hmm. that you know, you know, McKee, you know, had a great game. Wilkins, yeah. because they you the energy was there, mm-hmm. the, the drive, the, the the desire, the passion to play to 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 compete. Our guys were just kind of like going through the motion, and, and I mean, like the first half was just sleepwalk, was just complete sleepwalking. Yeah, I mean, they woke up a little bit in the second half, but you know, and they had every opportunity to win the football game. You know, Stafford tried to give them the game, and we just like Notre Dame was like, "Nah, we're okay. You can have it." Right. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, Tanner McKee, 26 for 38, 288 yards, uh, you know, no touchdowns, no interceptions, though. Uh, he definitely looked, you know, at least to my eye, that he was able to do whatever he wanted, you know, in the pocket. Uh, and then uh, Philkins was just all over, like, every level of 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 the defense, you know, on the line. Getting into the getting into the linebackers, getting out into the secondary as well. He had 91 yards rushing on 32. <laughs> there, there's a guy who's going to be a little bit sore. Definitely hitting the ice bath tonight. 32 rushes, 91 yards, a touchdown, and then also added four catches for 46 yards. Uh, so that's a uh, quick math. 137 yards of offense through uh, through Casey Filkins and. They they couldn't stop him. Well, that slow handoff or whatever that was. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm like, can you like get just get off a block? Yeah, and go tackle the guy. Exactly. You know, and that and again, not a very good, not consistency there in in the defensive line. You know, they handled us up front. They handled Notre Dame up front, both offensive line and defensive line. They were more physical than we were. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, when it's all said and done, that was at the heart of the issues in this game for Notre Dame was the physicality. I mean, their receivers, you know, played with a lot more competitive juices, you know, Mm -hmm. snatching balls out there, going up, competing for the football. Um, And, you know, again, just make one cut and go and our, our, in the, the 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 defensive guys, particularly defensive backs, I mean the missed tackles. This looked like Notre Dame was back in you know training camp. Like this this yeah. this seemed like watching the spring spring game version of them. And who that was painful to watch. And you're you know you're pretty much you're mid season. Yeah. You're, you're mid season, and you're still not playing with the. With, with a consistency, you're you know you're still not playing with a, a, a passion and a drive, and the worst thing you can ever do as a football team is get get beat physically. 
mm-hmm. you know, getting beat up front physically. And I will say that, you know, not to make excuses, but I, I didn't – I mean, they lost a few guys on the defensive side of the football yeah. that, you know, were, you know, significant um, contributors. And, you know, I, I hope that didn't, you know, have as big of an impact. But, you know, it still doesn't change the fact that you, you struggle tackling. And watching the defensive backs tackle was – even Brandon Joseph. Ooh, I mean, yeah. they were coming in – you know, always shooting for the legs and, you know, and missing. They were literally whiffing. And I'm like, if you tackle them up high, you have a better shot of getting them on the ground. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, it just seems like we were you know, in like with Finkins. I mean, he, he ran with a lot of tenacity, mm-hmm. but that offensive line was pushing guys off the ball, plain and yep. simple. Yeah. And he was just falling forward. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I kind of noticed this a, a few times, and I've noticed it in various games all throughout the day today, actually. And can can defenses concentrate on tackling the runner first before they try going <laughs> after the ball? I mean, like it's like it's like it's like all they want to do now is just strip the ball, and it's like, so, look, you're not gonna get the ball stripped every play. Just get the guy down, you know. And again, it's not just—it's not just Notre Dame. It, it, this is all over both the college and the pro ranks, quite honestly. Uh, just you know, just just tackle someone, and you know, sp- you know, specifically to this game, uh, it was all just—it was all just lazy. It was just lazy today. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, and again, I—I I don't know if. It, if it's lazy or just just poor fundamentals, I, I, just the tackling, you know, it's one thing that like you you, you get hit and you know try to wrap up and you, you know, guy runs through an arm tackle or you know, will runs through you, that happens. But our yeah. guys were just literally grasping at air, and it was yeah. like you know you got to break down and press to that hip to make a tackle and they were just flailing around like like I don't know like they never played the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I I just couldn't believe it, quite honestly. Just sitting up in the press box watching watching this game. I was just like, who who is this team? Like did they did they get kidnapped or something? Or are they still tied up in the in the uh, in the locker room or something? And these are imposters. Who are these guys tonight? Because I did not see those guys last week. I I didn't see them against uh, against uh, 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 North Carolina. I didn't see them in the second half against Cal. You know, like it just they just look completely different tonight. Uh, We'll get to uh, we'll get to Marcus Freeman's post game press conference coming up. Um, spoiler alert! That would be uh, interesting. He, he, yeah, spoiler alert. He was disappointed in the in the lack of execution. That's a uh, that's that's kind of me paraphrasing a quote there, but uh, you know, spoiler alert. So uh, we'll we'll get to that coming up. Also, some player press press conferences as well as uh, as time warrants and uh, plenty more as the official Notre Dame football post game show continues on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System, also brought to you in part by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Marcus Freeman uh, was at the podium for his postgame press conference. Here is that press conference. Yeah. Um, as I just met with the team and told them, this one's disappointing. And, you know, you got to give credit to Stanford. They did a good job. They played well. Um, but our lack of execution is frustrating. You know, that was adamant today, especially in the first half. Um, you know, we have to execute better. And I, offensively, we have to execute better. Defensively, we can't give them the touchdown on the very first drive. You know, and, and this is why it's a team game. You know, when there's days when your offense isn't executed with a defense, we got to play better. we got to play perfect. Offense has been doing really well last couple weeks when we haven't been playing perfect defensively. But today was a day we needed the defense to to play perfect, and we didn't. Um, offense, we got to do a better job executing. We did a better job in the second half. Um, I'm sure somebody's asked me what happened. I think the ability to run the ball a little bit better in the second half was is which opened some things up. You know, Drew's got to be more – got to protect him. we got to protect him, and he's got to execute. Um you know, but we got to look at ourselves as coaches first and say, okay, why didn't we execute the way we were supposed to, the way we wanted to, right? And then we got to make sure we go and we evaluate and find ways to to make sure this doesn't happen. So with that, I'll open up for questions. On your right, uh, Pete Sampson, front row. Marcus, if it's down to execution, especially offensively in the first half, like what – what was the approach? What were you trying to execute in terms of like the approach? Where did you feel like you could get Stanford? I mean, you're, it's the same thing in the past couple of weeks when you want to run the ball and, and you want to take advantage of some play action passes and the, the, the zones that they're giving you. And we weren't, we weren't running the ball effectively. Um, but we also weren't passing the ball. You know, we weren't throwing the ball um, as effective as we wanted to. So, you want to you have a game plan. The game plan is to run the ball and, and try to capitalize off of the, the aggressiveness of their defense and try to take some shots. And um, we just weren't executing, obviously, at the level we wanted to. And have, did you sense any kind of uh, flickering of confidence for the offense at halftime? Like what what was what went on at halftime that sort of got things in some sort of a gear in the third and fourth quarters? Oh, I don't know if it's something you say or something. It's just the reality of you look at yourself and say, okay, guys, this is about us, and we did not execute that first half. Let's get the running game going. Let's let's continue to ride the running game. Um, and I think you you had some success running the ball. It wasn't a lack of, of trying to run the ball the first half. It was just, you know, you would get one or two yards on one game and we'd go to throw it, and all of a sudden you're not executing there. And our third down, I mean, we were 3-12 of on third down. If you're three or twelve, that's something where we've been very successful last couple of weeks, especially last week. We were three or twelve on third down, and that's not you're not going to win if you're doing that. Second row on your right, Coach. You mentioned earlier in the week about the rivalry and how big of a game this was. At the same time, you guys were heavily favored, playing really well. Is it possible your team overlooked this opponent? No, no. No, that's not why we lost. It wasn't a lack of overlooking anybody. It was a lack of, of preparation, a lack of execution. That's not overlooking an opponent. Um, I thought they practiced their tails off. 
And if you overlook an opponent, I don't think you're preparing the way you need to prepare. But we got to look and see what exactly did or we didn't do in practice that led to the lack of execution in the game. It's, they respect this rivalry. They understand you ask any one of them. They understand how important this game is and how important preparation is. And so, as I told them, it wasn't a lack of effort in the game. It wasn't a lack of effort in preparation. But it's not correlating over to the results that you want. So you got to look at what you're doing and how you're doing it and figure out a better way to do it. Third row on your left, Tim Priester. Coach, you've played six games. Games, you've played your best football by far away from Notre Dame Stadium. Is there any kind of common thread that that uh, connects with, with the performances at home? No. 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 And, and for me to sit up here and say yes, that would be making an excuse for why we're losing, why we're not playing well. It's not an excuse. I mean, we're not blaming Notre Dame Stadium. You better look at yourself. How, I mean, if I come up here and blame Notre Dame Stadium, how foolish is that as the leader of this program? Right. I got to make sure we look at ourselves and say, OK, what aren't we doing? I'm not blaming Notre Dame Stadium for our lack of winning, playing good football. No. Stanford defensively, did they did they give you something that you hadn't seen on film? No, no. That's the thing that is a little bit frustrating. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, they don't know. We don't know what we haven't prepared for this. We knew. I mean, the amount of times that. You know, we said, man, he's we should have done this, should have done that. It's a lack of execution, you know, and that's what we got to eliminate. It's not we should have. Why? Why didn't we? Why didn't we? Why didn't we? You know, and so that's the it wasn't anything we weren't prepared for. We just did not do a great job of executing. And they did. They did, Tim. Patrick Engel, uh, front row on your left. Marcus, when you're six games in and still kind of looking for answers to those why lack of execution questions, kind of what's what's the feeling or where do you go from here as far as changing up how you look at that why? Evaluate the film. You got to watch it and you got to figure out why we didn't look at every single play, every single play. You know, because what happens if all of a sudden it's a two-point game and you come back and you win it by one, you're feeling a little bit better, obviously, because you win, but it's you have to go back and watch every single play and figure out why or why not aren't we executing, you know, and uh, that's what we got to do. And the fumble, like what kind of mood flip did that create on the sideline or just no matter why it's like, you know, how, how much of a crusher was that? When we fumbled, when Audrey fumbled? Oh, yeah, the last one. Yeah. Is you're moving the ball, you're rolling, but guess what? Defensively, you got to step up. And they did. We held them to a field goal. We still gave the offense a, the ball back. And, um, you know, the sack on that two-minute situation really hurt. That hurt. Um, we got to protect our quarterback because we're rolling. We're moving. They made it second in 14, 15. And, um, you know, I can't remember exactly what happened. Another third down to Mayer, you know, that was incomplete. And the fourth down, we didn't, we didn't complete it. But, you know, you hope on that, that drive before the last drive, you're able to go and score. You're up. You're down two points at that moment. Right, you're down two, and you hope you're able to go and you score. And we fumbled the ball, and um, you know, it's just it was frustrating. But you still, your defense did a good job of stopping them and giving your offense the ball back. Staying on your left, second row, Tyler James. 
Marcus, the defense had a number of near turnovers. Does it is it deflating to the defense at all that they're that close to making maybe a difference making play and then those numbers seem to come through for them? No, I wouldn't say it's deflating. It's um, a turnover gives you more momentum. It gives you a sense of emotion. But when you're close and you don't get it, I don't say it's deflating. No, uh-uh. but those are the moments we got to get them. You know, we got to get them. We got to find a way to to get them. That one where uh, JD looked like he punched it out right there with his knee touching. That was tough because I thought we had it, but I think we went on to stop on that series. So, yeah. Can this offense be too reliant on Michael Mayer? Is, is Drew Pine looking to Michael Mayer maybe too often? We'll have to go and we'll have to see. You know, now there was a couple of times I'm like, throw the ball to Mayer. He's open. Um, but no, I don't think it's that we're too reliant on Michael Mayer. It's just that, you know, we're just not executing. And I know it's you guys are going to look for a different answer, but there, there, there isn't. I can't come up with a magic answer for what's what's it's the lack of execution. And and the only way to fix a lack of execution and go back and study it and say, okay, what aren't we doing right? Okay, and then you watch the film and then you go say, okay, how are we practicing? What do we got to do to make sure that we are giving ourselves a better chance to execute on on Saturdays? Um, are you learning how to better make those changes in games this season? As, as a, any first time as a head coach, is that something you have to figure out how to do? It's, you know, my job, role as a head coach is, is to give my opinion, right? And, and, and there's times I might say, hey, run the ball. Hey, run the ball. There's not many times I say stop running the ball and throw the ball, but there's times I say run the ball. We did. We tried to run the ball first half. We ran the ball pretty effectively the second half. You know, we're running the ball that second last series and we fumble. So it isn't like I need to speak up and tell you, Coach Reese, you're not doing a good job, do you? No, he's doing an excellent job, you know. And my job is to, to look and say, okay, Monday through Friday, what aren't we doing or what are we wasting our time on doing that isn't giving us a better chance to execute on Saturday? And, and again, I'm same thing without going on defense. I'm there to every once in a while, give my opinion, but I have the utmost confidence in our coordinators. They spend enormous amounts of time game planning and studying, and they, they do a good job. We have to go back and look and say, what aren't we doing? And what are we, because it's not, it's guys, it's not a, it's not a call. He should have called this. No, it's not. It, they have a call sheet and they call the, the the plays or the defensive calls on there. We have to look and say, okay, what are we executing? What aren't we executing? You know, and that's to me the challenge is that my challenge is to make sure that we're calling the things that we're executing. If, and if we're calling things we're not executing, we got to look and figure out why. Yep. We'll come all the way to the back. Cameras here on your left. Coach, um, obviously not blaming the officiating, but do you think there's some inconsistency there um, tonight? Really? <laughs> Once again, I'm not going to blame anything other than myself and us on the result today. Um, you can get, I can get as frustrated as I want in terms of the calls, where they're from. It's it's us. Look at a deep, take a deep look at ourselves and say, why aren't we doing the job we're supposed to do because what I don't want to do is have a football program that plays the blame game. That's not the way we'll be as football players. That's not the way we're going to be as men. That's not the way we're going to be as a football program. We're going to take ownership of our mistakes. And, uh, and that's what I believe in.
second row on your left, um, Sean Sires. Marcus, uh, the the touchdown pass to uh, Tobias, and he had a near miss earlier. Just anything you know specific for him that you know this week that kind of led to those, I guess. Both both of those two calls were were specifically for Tobias. Um, we missed the the first one, overthrew it a little bit. He was open, you know, and was able to connect. On the second one, we were looking for a specific coverage. We saw it and we called it, you know, and and again, no, that's what Tobias Merriweather can do, you know, but he's got to continue to expand that confidence in terms of what the coaches feel like they can call with him in there, you know, and, and he is, I think today will be a big confidence booster in him and his coaches. And then uh, I think Jason, Adam Alola and Ramon both came out. Can you kind of update their status? Yeah, I don't, they haven't, I, I think Ramon went back in. I'm not 100% sure, but Jason was out. He had a rib, um, said he had a rib contusion. I don't know if he had a helmet to the rib or something, but, you know, we were missing, missing. It hurts not having Tariq out there. Uh, you know, Jaden Mickey was his backup at nickel. It hurts not having him and then Ramon's, but those guys battled. They battled, um, you know, those some guys stepped up, you know. Be all right. Be all right. And then we'll wrap it up with Mike Bernardino, second row on your right. I know you wanted uh, pressure from the, the four without having to send extra people, but did the way the injuries fell, the banged up secondary, did that impact the, your ability to get more creative with creating pressure, just the one sack and three hurries? Um, no, I don't mean, you know, you miss uh, Jason's out. I think he was the only one out with injury right now. Just in terms of not wanting to expose your back end with any blitzing and that sort of thing. Yeah, I want to create four-man pass rush, you know, and I want to. They did a good job of not really dropping him back too many times. You know, they do a good job on third down of running some RPOs to kind of keep you honest defensively. Um, he's a good quarterback, you know, and he's not a, a huge scrambler, but he's a good quarterback in terms of making decisions and putting the ball where it needs to be. Frustrating, man. Frustrating. We got to be better. We just got to be better. We'll find a way. Trust me. We're 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 three and three, you know, um, and we're gonna we're gonna evaluate and we're gonna get better. I mean, we have no other choice. You got a head coach and a whole bunch of coaches and a bunch of seniors that they're dying to improve, right? And they put they're putting great work in. Today's result wasn't what you wanted. The last two weeks. They did a heck of a job. So we got to swallow this pill and, and um, get our heads back up, which we will. You know, I might be the worst one, but you know what? I'm going to listen to the competitive side of things. We're, we're going to watch it. We're going to get fixed um, with this group of guys, and uh, it, we'll be all right. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> And that is head coach Marcus Freeman in his post-game press conference uh, here on the uh, the official Notre Dame football post-game show. So um, let's see, just real quick, uh, something that you know it, it stood out to me during the game. It stood out to me as well during that press conference. Uh, third down uh, against BYU, eleven out of sixteen, which probably about as good as you can get, really. You know, outside of just getting an A plus on that uh, tonight. Three, three out of twelve. Um, a lot of three and outs. 
Uh, a lot of three and outs at uh, at really bad times when uh, you know when when picking up a first down really would have helped uh, momentum and yeah just just execution is uh, to put a quote on it disappointing. I, I I would say that it's pretty disappointing at the least. Uh, I'll, we'll get Reggie's thoughts on the uh, on the press conference coming up. Uh, after this, we'll also get uh, to some player press conferences as well. I'm sure I'm sure those are just happiness too. Uh, that's all coming up on the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System, also uh, brought to you in part by Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, Jimmy Rosari with Reggie Brooks here on uh, on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, we heard from Marcus Freeman, his, uh, his press conference during the last segment. Reggie, your thoughts on that? Oh, gosh, you could just hear the frustration in his voice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that... Again, I can't. I'm not gonna say I feel bad for him because, again, you know, he's he, get, he gets paid. That's his it is job. what he signed you know, up and, for. Yeah, yeah. And but I get. I'm. I, I just feel bad from the standpoint of, man, that was you know, he didn't have an answer. He did not have an answer for the struggles they're having. It's like you know, you you yeah, you have to find them. Why are you not executing? You know, a lot of that is, again, just the the mental state of a team, you know, to have such a precipitous drop off from one week to the next. You know, you got to look, look, and he touched on it. You got to look back and say, what did we not do? What, how did we, did we prepare the right way? What, what's missing? Because there has, something didn't translate from one week to the next. Yeah. And, and it's obvious that they, they, you know, it doesn't seem that they know what exactly that is. Yeah. So they got to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could, you could just hear it in his, like, just like, Oh, here come these questions again. Oh. And I, I totally understand it, but you know, again, it's, it is what he signed up for. So, and, uh, I will as, say this, as, as you mentioned, he is I, I getting that paycheck. This. So, yeah, I will say this is again, you know, brevity is sometimes better. You know, mm-hmm. you don't always have to answer every question in depthly. You yeah. know, sometimes it's good to just here's my answer and you know, don't feel you have to explain yourself. You know, just answer the question and keep it moving. You know, cuz yep. it's obvious like I said a lot of, he did not have a lot of answers and again, I don't know that was just uh, frustration, frustration uh, at, at its finest, mm-hmm. and uh, so I you know, would give offer this nugget of advice to him. Sometimes, just hey, <laughs> we, we didn't play well, and yeah. not a lot of <laughs> no excuses for it. We just didn't play well. Yeah, there, there's plenty of good. There's plenty of good coaches who have. Uh... We've made a pretty good living just on simple, you know, like three-word answers. Uh, <laughs> we're on to Cleveland, for example, you know. Uh, exactly. So, you know, just 
just things like that. Um, um, man, just again, it, it, I. He just sounds like a guy who 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 is very frustrated with with the fact that uh, you know that there's just this problem of carrying the energy over uh, on a week to week basis, and I don't know. Like it was kind of alluded to a little bit, you know, is is there a problem playing games at home? And like you don't want to say yes, but the way that they've looked at home, you also don't want to say no. Uh, is is there is there something to that psychologically? Could be, but I doubt it. Um, yeah. But this goes back to that's part of the preparation. You know, because there's certain um, certain distractions that you have when you're playing at home versus playing away, and this is this is where the team has has to you know as players gain an understanding of you know is there something that I need to you know that can be a distraction at a home game versus an away game. Because a lot of times, like I said, you, you like to play the away games just for the simple fact that you're away. It, there's a lot of distractions, or a lot less distractions that you're dealing with, mm-hmm. and so that's to me that's that's an excuse that you know it just that doesn't hold water, you know, because okay. you're the game is the game, and you know you some people say all home cooking, but man, a lot of times, like I said, there's a lot more that's going on when you're at home versus when you're away. Yeah. This was also alluded to as well, you know, as 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 far as the officiating goes. And while I will admit, uh definitely some odd calls, defensive holding, uh I y- you can't blame officials on 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 a game like this either. I mean, three three penalties for 20 yards for Notre Dame, two penalties for for 12 yards for Stanford. I mean, it, Penalties weren't the problem here, you know. Again, not, defensive not holding, <laughs> defensive holding. Okay, hadn't seen that very much in college football, but uh, yeah, as as you know, overall, just just as far as the officiating goes, you, you can't point to that. This is this is something much much deeper than that, uh, as far as the execution goes. Uh, Drew Pine went uh, 13 for 27 today, 151 yards. He had the uh, the long touchdown pass to Tobias Merriweather. Here is his press conference. Drew, first half offensively, what was what was sort of the misfire there? The you know the lack of execution, uh, as as coach talked about. I think it's just exactly what you said, lack lack of execution. I think that um, you know I put a lot of that on myself. I got to go out there and do my job and execute, deliver the ball, get us in the right. Uh, protection, you know, I got to see the defense and, um, you know, I just got to go out there and execute. And, and, you know, when we talk about losses, coach Freeman, when we, when we talk about wins, we talk about team game. When we talk about losses, we talk about how we're, we get better individually. And, you know, I just got to go out there and execute. Like probably the last two weeks, you've looked like a comfortable quarterback out there. I don't know. Did you ever feel that way tonight? Um, or was Stanford doing some stuff that just kind of made you think for a second before you let it rip no you know I always feel comfortable out there with all my brothers and 
kind of just going back to the first question, I just got to go out there and execute. Uh, and real, Tobias Merriweather, what can he do for the offense moving forward? Could you just sort of take us through the, the touchdown play, what you saw, how you delivered it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Tobias is a speed demon. Um, he has really good routes, big target, has great hands, and he's been working his tail off um, to go make a play like that. And, you know, you saw earlier, I missed him on a on a uh, route earlier in the end zone that we could have scored on as well. And, you know, he's a great target for us, and we're going to keep – uh, building on his role. Second row, left side, Tyler James. Drew, what was Stanford doing defensively that made it difficult to get the ball to Michael Mayer? Um, you know, I don't think it was anything anything special. I think kind of going back to so the first thing I said, I think I just got to go out there and execute and deliver the football. Um, you know, we get in good looks. We get in, in spots where Mike is one-on-one, and, uh, you know, we just got to execute and convert and deliver the ball. Do you get any feedback at certain times that maybe you're too reliant on him, that maybe you were looking for him and maybe someone else was was coming open? Um, you know, I think that, you know, Mike is a great target and he's a great player and defenses have uh, ways to try to combat that. And I think when they do, I like you said, I, I got to go and, uh, you know, find other guys. And I think there were times that, uh, tonight where I could have done that. And, you know, I'm just going to learn from it, come back and, uh, and you know, execute all every day of practice this week and just come back with the head down and work. And then lastly, taking the sack on the on the last drive, what what did you see on that play? How did you end up getting sacked? Yeah, I was trying to just get out of the get out of the pocket and create something. And, um, you know, guy dragged me down, got back up and had to run a play quickly. But, you know, can't take a sack in two minute operation. So on your right, third row, Matt Locke. Uh, can you take us through that last fourth down play call, kind of what you saw? I know you'll have a better chance to look at film later in the week. Um, yeah, we just had a three-by-one, and, and, you know, JT broke in, and, you know, I tried to just put it on him, and guy made a good play on the ball and deflected it. Um, you know, clock was running down, fourth down. It's a tough position to be in, a tough call to, um, you know, have to call. And, you know, we just I just got to go and deliver the ball and uh, find a way to make it work. And in your mind, what was the biggest difference between the offense in the first half and the offense in the second half? Uh, just execution. Uh, first half, we didn't we didn't execute as well as we wanted to, and I didn't execute as well as I wanted to, and just got to, you know, head down and, and keep going and keep fighting. And, uh, you know, that's what we did in the second half, and, you know, we got to start fast next week. Stand on your right, second row. Drew, can you just take us through the roller coaster of emotions from, you know, post-North Carolina and – BYU versus tonight? Um, something that I've always, you know, tried to have inside myself is emotional stability and, you know, staying neutral. Something that um, my, you know, late mentor, Trevor Moad, uh, always taught me was to be neutral and, you know, never get too high, never get too low. I think Cal, um, you know, after I scored that one touchdown, I went crazy. But, you know, I think staying neutral is something that can really help. And, you know, I, I really haven't, I haven't, you know, wrote a high of after a win or anything like that, I get back right to work. And, um, you know, for me, I'm always staying neutral. I'm never too high. I'm never too low. And uh, that's the way I'll continue to be. Is this the biggest test of that and in any way? Um, you know, I think so. Losing and being in the locker room with all my best friends, knowing that, you know, I could have done better and I could have executed to help us win is something that, you know, really, really hits you hard. But I think, you know, coming into this week, there's going to be no one that'll work harder than us. There's going to be no one that'll watch more film than us. I'm going to do everything I possibly can um, to learn from this and, and get better. And our team will as well. And, uh, you know, that's just the brand of our culture. It's what's been taught to us is always just, 
you know, just keep fighting, keep going, and that's what we're going to do. And that is quarterback Drew Pine on uh, on his post-game press conference. Uh, like I said, 13 for 27, 151 yards, one touchdown, that to uh, – Tobias Merriweather, which I believe was his first reception as a uh, as a as a member of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, not a bad way to get your I first one. I do believe so. <laughs> I, uh, no, you know. I mean, this kid is going to be um, he's he's going to be a, a, a he's a player. Yeah, I'm looking forward to him. I said, you know, he, he definitely seems to know how to get separation in his routes, and you know, he, he attacks the attacks the you know. The, the ball, you know, catch the ball. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's a he's an aggressive you know receiver. So, I, I like him. I mean, I, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I hope that he continues getting those opportunities because, I mean, that was that was probably the best play of the night as far as Notre Dame goes. I mean, that was just perfectly executed. And of course, you know, a lot of that is him just getting that separation and just being able to beat his guy down the field. And uh, and catch the ball. So I mean, more of that, please. More, more, more yes. of that. <laughs> so um, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll get to more. I, I believe we've got uh, we've got JT Bertrand's uh, uh, post game press conference to get through as well. Uh, JT had a uh, had a big game, and uh, we'll uh, still plenty more still to come uh we've got the opponent's scoreboard come as well we'll also uh you know if we can if we can figure one out uh <laughs> figure out a a player of the game uh that's all still to come here on i'm gonna, the let, I'm gonna let you handle that jim this, <laughs> this is your week to handle that oh gee thanks um huh? um you like that <laughs> right <laughs> fantastic fantastic um Okay, so I'll I'll start working on that, and uh, yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, that's all still to come here on the official Notre Dame football post-game show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's the official Notre Dame football post-game show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Also brought to you in part by Pet Refuge, Adopt, Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Uh, J.D. Bertrand, I, I don't know why I keep calling him J.T., but his, his name is J.D. I, I, I know this, but for some reason I'm, I'm still going to slip up, I guarantee that. Uh, J.D. Bertrand, uh, 13 tackles tonight, uh, six of them by himself, just out in open space. Uh, he was all over the ball tonight. Um his post-game press conference. Uh, we've got that for you right now. JD, this is a, a pretty high-powered offense that you you faced tonight. Um, just your summation of what you guys were able to accomplish against them. Yeah. Um, it was nothing that we didn't know was coming. And I mean, the biggest thing is just missed opportunities. There's too many times where the ball's on the ground and we need to get that. There's too many times where we're doing really well, really well, really well, and then we might let up a big shot, or we're doing really, really well, and then it's third and long, and we're letting up those big runs and things like that. And so it's those little details that we need to focus on. The, I mean, it appeared that you had at least one turnover tonight. Just what level of frustration have you guys reached as a defense with just a, a couple turnovers caused through half halfway through the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's very frustrating. And it goes back to, I mean, there's too many opportunities just there where, I mean, the ball was on the ground probably three, four times this week, I mean, this game. And so 
it's that pursuit to the ball and making sure that everyone's getting to the ball. So when it is on the ground, we're able to cover it. And I mean, it's just missed opportunities there. Front row on your right, Pete Sampson. JD, um, when Marcus was up here, he talked about tonight was kind of a night where the defense had to play perfect. And I was interested, like what kind of pressure that creates on a defense when you feel like you have to be perfect every snap. Yeah. I mean, it's just little details that we're missing out. And so, I mean, it's, just guys being out of their gaps and things like that. And so it's obviously frustrating for us. I mean, we just need to look at ourselves. Like there's spots where we can do better and where we can hold this team to not getting those extra field goals, even just like those 10 yard runs or just them getting out of bounds, 10 yard pass out of bounds before the second half. Like it's those little plays that make a difference. And so just being able to get TFLs or just being able to get negative yards or no yards right there and just making sure that they stay in bounds. So I guess when a coach says like you got to be perfect, that doesn't create any kind of like tightness or pressure or anything of that nature. No, I mean, I don't think the overall message to us is that we have to be perfect. It's, I mean, we need to make sure we're executing. And I mean, as long as everybody does their job, like we will be perfect in some sense. And obviously like they're on scholarship too, and they'll make some plays, but we will make more plays than they will as long as everyone does their job. Third row in the middle, Lynn Clark. J.D. is a leader. What will you and the uh, other captains need to do to help the coaches help the team execute next week? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it needs to start with the off the field stuff. I mean, the, I mean, obviously we don't have class next week, but it's the classroom stuff. It's the details in the locker room. It's making sure everything we do is cleaning up after ourselves. Our meeting rooms are clean because we don't want the lack of detail in different parts of our lives going into football. And so I think it's hard to say that you can slack off in one area of your life, but then be perfect in football. And so I think as leaders, that's going to be my main message. And I think the captains will agree with that. You talk about uh, Prince Kali filling in for Bo Bauer this week. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely exciting to see him out there, get some plays and obviously gain trust from the coaches and he's doing a really good job and it's exciting to see him develop. Mike Bernardino, uh, middle, second row. They'd had a hard time protecting that quarterback tonight, I think just the one early sack and then maybe three hurries. Uh, what was it like trying to get pressure on him? Why were they able to protect him better? They did have a couple guys come back. I realized that. I yeah, we understand that. I mean, they didn't have the strongest line, and we felt that our D-line was very dominant against them. And, I mean, they are smart about it by doing that slow RPO, by being able to hold us there, and then also being able to move the pocket and use a lot of quick games so that we can't actually get back there. And so we just need to make sure that we can bring the pressure and – I mean, in some regards, the little, the little details like mere hands and things like that. So we get blocked balls at the line of scrimmage to create turnovers and just opportunities where turnovers can't exist. And then what was it like for you having been the guy who caused the turnover to watch that long replay? You, you, I don't know if you have a chance to see just how where his knee was. You're knocking the ball out. But what was what was that weight like and what was your you know shock level when it goes against you? I mean, obviously it goes from like high to low, but. I mean, I think we did a good job just knowing that, like, hey, we're going to have to go again no matter what. And so I think we did end up getting a stop on that drive and just making sure that that's our next – I mean, it's just forward-looking. One play, one life, like, that play is over. Okay, we need to know what we can do to get off the field. Second row, right. J.D., what's your personal frustration about, like for this season? Obviously, here you guys are at 3-3. Three and three. You had two games where you get knocked out because of targeting. How tough has this been for you individually? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously tough, but there's things to learn from it. And, I mean, whether it's individually from my play, just style of tackling, all that, like there's obviously things to learn from. But, I mean, it's just tough to start, have three and three. And there's obviously details where 
we need to make sure that we clean up and just go forward from here and take UNLV as serious as possible because, I mean, every opponent's good at this point and every win counts. And then back row to Mo Katie, you mentioned cleaning up the details. It's, is that something you see during the practice week that you feel is lacking at times, or is it just is that just a byproduct of when you have four or five good plays and then and then they hit one for thirty eight yards, they hit one for twelve yards or five yards? Is is it kind of in retrospect, or is it something you see that creeps into practice weeks? I, mean, I think we had an awesome practice week this week, and obviously we do need to go back and look back. And there's details. I mean, it just goes back to the little details, and there's areas where we do need to perfect that. But I think it was a great game plan, and we had a great execution throughout practice, and. It's just looking at the game and finding those little areas to improve. And that is J.D. Bertrand. He had uh, 13 tackles uh, to lead Notre Dame's defense tonight, uh, six of them solo. He was also in on the uh, on the sack uh, in the first quarter of the game with uh, with Justin Adamalola. Uh, uh, he was in on that sack and. Uh, yeah, he, he he seemed he seemed to be one of the ball hawks on 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 defense as far as uh, as far as well pretty much the whole game went. Um, and the defensive the linebackers played well in, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, they they were they were just a lot of missed missed tackles, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the secondary with the safeties and, and yeah. the corners and nickels. So, uh, but but JD he. He, the linebacking core as a whole played well. He he was definitely uh, out front in that group. And it was just good to see him in a full game, quite honestly. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no targeting. Hey, <laughs> yeah. that's got to be a plus. <laughs> There's an improvement right there. Uh, and, and, and to Notre Dame's credit, the defense held Stanford to just 16 points tonight. Uh, Stanford averaging 27 uh, on the season. But uh, again, I mean, just third downs uh, and and also just short yardage uh, situations. It just seemed like it just seemed like they had Notre Dame's number uh, seven for sixteen, which isn't great, but we've seen worse, aka the other side <laughs> of the ball. So exactly, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, seventeen, uh, seven for sixteen tonight. Uh, you know that that's going to win you a ball game. Yeah, no, it, it, especially when another team is far worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this player of the game thing—that's that's really man. The pressure is on. You, I'm not gonna say. You, I'm you, not gonna you lie. Know, you better get on that, man. You yeah, know, yeah. you got that's the, you got some work to do. <laughs> I think I got a couple of guys in mind. I, I I'm pretty sure I got a couple of guys in mind. Uh, but uh, well, I, I doubt it'd be on the offensive side partially right there um <laughs> i i think i've pretty much figured out my player of the game quite honestly but uh we will get to that coming up in just a little bit also uh the opponent's scoreboard find out how they did uh apparently a uh, a little bit of a surprise with a uh, with a future opponent uh, that is coming up matt embry will have that for us here on the official notre dame football post game show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.1. And now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents fared on the Under Armour opponent scoreboard this week. Of course, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame athletics. 
the Marshall Thundering Herd. Lost on Wednesday to Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns defeated the Thundering Herd 23-13. Cal lost to Colorado in overtime today, 20-13. North Carolina back-and-forth game against Duke held on for the victory, 38-35 today. Brigham Young lost to Arkansas, 52-35. At the half, UNLV is trailing Air Force Academy 28-7. Syracuse is still undefeated. They defeated NC State today 28-9. Clemson in a back-and-forth battle with Florida State got the victory tonight, 34-28 in Tallahassee. On Friday, the U.S. Naval Academy lost to SMU 40-34, and USC despite leading for a majority of the way tonight in Salt Lake City, lost to Utah, 43-42, first loss of the season for the men of Troy. Ohio State and Boston College had this week off. The final segment of the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System follows this final timeout on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wrapping up the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5, presented, of course, by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, also uh, brought to you by the uh, the fine folks uh, at, uh, let's see, Barnaby's Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michigan's most favorite pizza since 1978, and by the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, pr- uh, providing orthopedic care to Michigan since 1973. Uh, Reggie Brooks, final thoughts on this game? Well, my final thoughts are I just want to forget this game. Can we just pretend this never happened? <laughs> can we just get the men in black that, treatment and just, you know, just you know, look yeah, into the just, stick, please? Can we erase this? Yeah, let everybody, you know, tune into Peacock or NBC and let's Let's zap them and just let this go. <laughs> I, 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 this was very dis, disheartening. Yeah. Just, I really thought they they were you know, you know had found their their identity. You yeah, know, found and the just, groove. Yeah. Yeah, and this is mind boggling. I'm I'm literally at a loss of you know you know, and, but they they got to find a way to correct things but it's, it's hard to correct something when you don't know what happened mm-hmm. and i think this is the deal where they you know i really think they are at a loss for like i said what happened you know you know you go out and practice and you know it's not like stanford does any i mean stanford is stanford you know and you watch david shaw he's he's committed to his way of doing things and because it, it, it's worked and mm-hmm. it worked today. And it's just like we, they were, Stanford was the, was the more physical team, seemingly the more prepared team, the more energized team. And Notre Dame, you know, while they had some, some highs, it was a lot more lows at key points. And, you know, JD Bertrand touched on it a couple of times. It's like, you know, you, you get some stops, you make some plays. 
and then you let him off the hook. You know, you give up a big pass. And the pass, that one pass where he caught it off of um, Ben Morrison's back, I can't fault the de- defensive back on that one because he was in good, he was in phase, good coverage, you know, and then you get a fumble that is not a fumble. It, it's little things like that can, you know, ex- especially when your offense is not really playing at, at the level that you, you're hoping that the defense, something needs to break and go your way if you're going to have the opportunity to, to to win a game like this. And that, and unfortunately that, that's not how it played out for uh, for the Irish. Yeah, uh, a, uh, a UNLV team uh, that uh, probably going to be coming into Notre Dame Stadium next week at four and three. They're down twenty eight to seven right now in uh, the early parts of the third quarter uh, to uh, to Air Force twenty eight to seven. But uh, in their wins, they have put up fifty two, twenty, fifty eight, and thirty one points. Uh, defense is going to have its hands full next week. And we've got to be much better tackling if we're going to have yeah. any inkling of an opportunity to make some, you know, headway. And I, I think again, for the Notre Dame faithful, you know, you, you got to bear down and and you know bear with this team because I think you know there's yeah. there's some growing pain that you're going to have to work through, and not just with you know, this team, but also with the coaching staff. This is a young staff, and they'll learn. They'll get better. Um, but it's it's uh, it's it's really disheartening right now, to, you know, to to feel like, you know, you've gone backwards and, you know, just got to try to stay positive as much as possible, and yeah. hopefully they can work their way through this. All right. I figured out a player of the game. And he's stunned. Anyway, uh, J.D. Bertrand, uh, that's he's going to be my player of the game anyway. Uh, 13 tackles today. Six of them solo. Uh, he was in on the uh, the sack in the first quarter with uh, with Justin Adamalola. Uh, and also just all over the ball. So uh, J.D. Bertrand uh, definitely leading the defense. Also want to give a, a, a big congratulations to Tobias Merriweather. First catch in uh, in 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 college football and in, in, uh, in a Notre Dame uniform and it goes for a 41 yard touchdown. So hopefully many more of those are that actually still reminds come. me of something that mm-hmm. actually reminds me. So I got to say this, uh, Derek Mays first few catches as a freshman were for touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. So, He's in good company. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully hopefully many more of those, uh, and hopefully uh, that that continues uh, at least uh, next week. You know, maybe pick up, you know, a couple against UNLV. That would be nice. Uh, we good seeing you today. We can use Same here. Uh, you know, just, man, I wish, uh, you know, things would have turned out a little bit differently. Right. That would have been nice. Yeah, as uh, as but, as we have figured out, these things are a lot more fun when when they come after wins. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, but uh, anyway, uh, UNLV is next uh, an afternoon game, so uh, we'll be talking a uh, a little bit earlier. So uh, I will be talking to you next week. Looking forward to it. All right, have a good week, Reggie, and. Uh, 
We will talk to you later, and of course we will talk to all of you as well uh, next week after the UNLV game. Uh, Stanford beating Notre Dame tonight, 16-14. to um, Yeah, UNLV is next. That's really all you can say about that. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 